We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Van Bratten drops back, throws a marching pass upfield. Reggie Townfield scatters it in on the dead run and races all the way to score for Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. First down inside his own five from his own end zone. Sacked in a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 feet. Sees a whole burst to it. 20. Steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs a tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo all alone today, but we have a great guest later on the, from the On My Block Packers podcast. That is Mike Wally, former NFL offensive lineman, Pro Bowl guard, by the way, Pro Bowl guard. He's going to talk with us about the Packers. And of course, we're going to have our weekly prize pick segment with Steve and Johnny, uh, just coming in a little bit. Uh, before we do, we leave a word for our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, guys. So we get the Packers-Rams this Sunday. There are three things, three keys for me in this game. One, regardless of who the quarterback is, whether it's Brett Rippon or if it's 
Matt Stafford. The, the big thing here for the Rams is they have to run the football. They have to run it early. They need to keep their quarterback protected. This needs to be established quickly, early, and often. And I like to see them getting both guys involved. Whether or not you're involving short passes, whether you're actually, you know, heaven forbid, putting some screens in play here. Whatever you got to do to get Henderson and Freeman going, you do it. I know everybody's talking about this week, especially in the fantasy world, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, how they didn't have the world's best week last week. Now Cooper Cup's had two straight games over. Eh. None of that matters if the Rams don't establish a run. This is the thing that I think sometimes we forget. The whole purpose of the Rams offense, when it's always been its best, is when it's gone through the run. Whether initially, back in 2017, 2018, when you had Todd Gurley in the mix, leading the charge out of the backfield, in the backfield, it's always been meant to go through the running back position. And when that running back position isn't being addressed properly, then what you find is a Rams offense that sputters, that's out of keel, that tends to focus too much in one place, which is usually the passing game. So when you have the Rams actually focus on a running game that opens so many more so many more plays, so the playbook up for them, that makes things more creative and gives them the ability to control the, t- the line of scrimmage, to control time of possession. And let's be frank, when the Rams control the, line, uh, the time of possession and then the line, they, for the most part, win football games. Also, part two of that is the more you can control this line of scrimmage, the more you can control the football, the less this defense, which has been struggling these last couple of weeks, especially against the pass, the less this defense has to, to deal with. There have been a lot of good things coming from guys like Bryant Young up front. You know, things that make you really, Bryce Young, Bryce Young, make you really happy to see the development of guys. But the secondary has issues. This, this, this need to play a soft zone for guys who, this has never been regarded as a Pro Bowl secondary. That, you, you got to keep this passing offense of the Packers off the field. They're young. They have issues, but there's still talent there, and you don't want to give them a chance to get into rhythm like Pittsburgh did in the second half of their game a couple weeks ago. And you certainly don't want their top guy, which would be Christian Watson, to have that chance to actually have a full-fledged breakout game. It can happen. It's going to happen at some point here, and all signs actually point to this game with a wounded secondary and a quarterback who's in need of a win in Jordan Love, and it's all there. The recipe's there. So the Rams, again, it comes back to their offense. Can they control the clock? Can they control the flow of the game? If they can do that, that's the big key is that running game. Part two, continued pass rush up front. Jordan Love has shown throughout the year he's he's mistake-prone from time to time. He's got young and inexperienced receivers. Lots of problems there. But the easiest solution to all of that for the Rams is just keep him pressured. Pressure, pressure, pressure. The more you can pressure, the more you can keep him under wraps. So that's what needs to happen there. Pressure from the quarterback. And finally, involve the tight ends as well. Offensively, the tight ends right now, you know, Tyler Higbee, I can't believe he 
last week had that opportunity, heard, saw the footsteps, heard the footsteps, whatever it was. And that was an early game mishap on his part where he did not have the opportunity to, or didn't make the play to have the opportunity to get in the end zone. Uh, listen, the tight ends to the Rams are a secret weapon. Whenever things don't go right, they tend to go to Tyler Higby. Bryce Hopkins is back. Get these guys involved more. Get them involved. And that just adds a different dimension to the passing game, especially in a cold weather place like Green Bay. So those are three things I want to see the Rams actually do this weekend. There's a lot I want to see them do. But the big thing here is when you're looking at a team that is, in my view, on the precipice of their season being over. Now you're going to say, well, why do you say that? Because there's a big difference right now between four and five and three and six. And that's where the Rams are going. That, that three and six mark puts them way, way in the rear of you in the NFC West. And the odds of them winning the NFC West were never high to begin with. But when you look at the overall picture, the playoff standings right now, it, it's, it, you're just starting to head into that dire zone. You're heading towards an area where, you know, they're two games back. They're a game back. They're, they're going to be two games back and they keep moving. Minnesota is a very tedious four and four. That's where the last wild card is. They're, they're a game back. They go three and six and New Orleans wins this week. They're five and four. And, you know, there you go. So I just don't like the odds of, of them being in a place where they can qualify for the playoffs right now if they fall to three and six. It's going to be tough going. It's going to be tough going. It's going to be hard to, to catch a New Orleans or even a Tampa Bay who are in a weaker division right now, quite frankly, a weaker division. and. You know, even Minnesota, without their quarterback, I don't think they hold on that wild card spot, but you're talking about New Orleans, Tampa Bay, even Minnesota 4-4 four four, getting Justin Jefferson back. You never know what's going to happen. You can say that, but I don't like the Rams falling up behind a 5-2 and two Seattle and a 5-3 and three San Francisco. They got to play those two teams once more each. I just don't like how that looks. 4-5, and five, you have more of a shot. I think you're in a must-win situation for the Rams. Control this game. Go get the win. Green Bay's beatable. They're hurting. They're kind of in a similar boat. The Rams are both are both teams are unsteady. But you know, look at the look at the Rams schedule. Three of the next four games: Seattle, at Arizona, then Cleveland, and Baltimore. Those are really really tough games for them. The only breather is Arizona. You think, but by then, Kyler Murray's back. I, I it's not. It's not an easy schedule, not in the slightest. You'll say, well, hey, they, they, they beat Seattle first week of the season. Well, that was two months ago. So there's kind of like my wraparound rant on where the Rams are. But that is also why I'm calling it a must win. The schedule is tough. They need to go in the bye at four and five. If they can take, you know, a couple games coming up between those Three out of the four coming up, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore. If they can win two of those after a Green Bay win, then you got a shot. I think you got a shot. So here we go. What do you say? Email us at Ramstalk1945 this weekend or send us a tweet. Let us know your thoughts on this. And we'll, we'll hopefully we see this turn out well. Hopefully the Rams come in there and they do what we've seen them do at times this year, kind of control the clock. An interesting matchup with Matt LaFleur. He's missing weapons from that he's used to having. They're trying to break things in. 
and we'll see. All right, guys, here is Steve and Johnny with their segment for the week. All right, let's talk about our sponsor, Prize Picks. Prize Picks, it is a simple daily fantasy app. But now, what we love about Prize Picks, and if you've been listening, you know this, instead of playing against other players and dealing with salary caps and all that nonsense, you're just playing against yourself, betting line or playing lines more or less. They give you a stat line, you pick more or less. And if all your stats hit correctly, you're coming home with a big payday. And now, We've been talking about football all year, but Johnny, basketball season has arrived, and you can actually pick combo projections across basketball and football in the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports. So if you want to go with LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at, let's say, 10.5, three-pointers, and receptions, you can do that. And so it's a really great way to integrate both sports into what you're watching on a, on a Sunday or on a weekend. And it's such an easy game to play. You just sign up, you pick more or less, you let it ride, and you have a chance to take home some money. All right. Now, this week, Johnny, here are my picks. Here are some lines I like. I like Derrick Henry more than 74.5 yards against Pittsburgh on Thursday night. I just love Derrick Henry. I'm here for a bounce-back game. Joe Mixon, 50.5 rushing yards against the Bills. That's going to be a shootout. He ain't running the ball. I'm going less. Taysom Hill, as always, less than a half a passing yard. And then two touchdown lines I like. Austin Eckler and Alvin Kamara are both both need one touchdown, passing, rushing, or receiving, to get over their line. And I'm going with more on those two. Who do you have on your list this week, Johnny? So I got uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I, I ended up getting the uh, taco spooky taco special. Taco Love Tuesday. That. Taco Tuesday. So unfortunately, this will not be available to you uh, by the time you listen to this. But um, the line is 33 and a half receiving yards uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Definitely going to do that uh, all, all day, every day there, especially considering Hopkins finally, finally found himself. Uh, Mike Evans going up against the um, Houston Texans. Have them going more than 59 and a half receiving yards. Love Mike Evans. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's, he's someone you just got to say yes to. So, yeah, moving on to C.J. Stroud uh, going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Will he have more than eight and a half rushing yards? And the answer is yes, yes, he will. He will have more. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to scramble against the Bucs. It's just going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, does he have more or less than 59 and a half rushing yards against the Dolphins? I'm going less here. I, I'm sorry, I'm just not a Pacheco fan. Um, though, admittedly, he's doing a lot better this year than I thought. Uh, Will Levis, you know, he's got to deliver it to, uh, to DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, Will Levis is going to get his start against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Does he have more or less than 202.5 passing yards? And I'm going to say more. I'm going to, I'm going to give him a benefit of the doubt this week. Um, and then, of course, our boy A.A. Ron Donald. Is he going to have more than a quarter of a sack? So basically all he needs is a half a sack. And uh, you, get, you, get, um, you get the win here. Uh, I have obviously picked more against uh, you know, Jordan Love and the Packers. That wraps up my picks for this week. There we go. And 
If you want to get in the action with us, you can go ahead, go to prizepicks.com slash Ramstalk and use our code Ramstalk, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K, and you'll get a first deposit match up to $100. So if you're putting in $100, we're going to give you $200 to play with. It's a a great offer, and if you want to get in the action, have some more fun on football Sundays or Thursdays or whenever you're watching sports, prizepicks.com slash Ramstalk for your first deposit match. You can do it on the app, too. Just use the promo code RAMSTALK, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K. Back to the show. All right, so there you have it. Now, coming up next, we have Mike Wally. Um, I enjoyed this conversation with him. He did a lot of great things in, you know, over the course of his career. He takes that football expertise to the podcast world, talking Green Bay Packers football. Check it out. Here's Mike Wally talking Packers Rams. <laughs> All right, folks, I'm here with Mike Wall, former Packers offensive lineman, a, a monster in his day, now hosts the On My Block podcast with Amon Green, 11-year veteran. Wow, nice, great to have you on the show. We're excited to have you on the show because I, it, in these days and times where there's not a whole lot of things to talk about when teams are bad, it's good to get a personal point of view, that football player point of view. And so, Mike, welcome to the show. And right away, I want to ask you, what is your overall view right now of this Packers team? <laughs> That's a, well, glad to be on the show. That's a big question right now. You know, we got rid of Rasul Douglas yesterday straight into the Bills. He was a team leader, locker room guy. Um, this team's really struggling. I, I think when you go through 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, the fan base, uh, the organization, the personnel uh, guys, in, in the coaching staff to a certain degree, we can all kind of sit there and think, oh, well, you know, we understand it's not going to be as good. It's going to be a little bumpy, but nobody really believes that it's not going to go well because you're just used to having that ridiculous level of play at the quarterback position. And Jordan Love just hasn't played at that level. Um, and, and I think maybe a big part of that or, or in addition to that, he's playing with a lot of really young guys at the skill positions. He's got you know, first and second year receivers. He's got first year tight ends. The only real veteran kind of leadership we have in the skill room is our running backs. And Aaron Jones, our best player, arguably on offense, has been hurt for majority of the season. So it's just been one of those deals where I think in theory, the, the personnel guys and you know, Goody and, and Matt LaFleur thought, we'll let, these, we'll let this group of young players grow together. And it sounded great back in February and April and June. But it, it just doesn't sound great now. Now, when you're looking at this this roster right now, I, I can pick a couple names out right away that, at least from a numbers point of view, have been disappointed. You look at Christian Watson. I know so much more is expected out of him this season. And, of course, you mentioned Aaron Jones being hurt. Where do you see all these pieces on this offensive roster fitting right now at this point in the season? Well, from, I don't know exactly what you mean by fitting, but I would say this. Uh, you know, Christian Watson wasn't – you know, Christian Watson was kind of pegged as a number one guy because he's fast, but mm-hmm. he, he's not really a polished number one receiver. I mean, when, when you think of Green Bay Packers and you think of number one receivers, I'll go back to Antonio Freeman, Donald Driver, uh, Greg Jennings, Devontae Adams. I mean, we're talking about some Jordy Nelson. We're talking about some real dudes. And – this quarterback didn't walk into a situation where he really had a guy. He has a second-year player that was hurt for most of the year last year in Christian Watson. He has a second-year player in Romeo Dobbs. He has a first-year player in Jaden Reed. 
And so we don't really have some of those important pieces that I think we probably took for granted or just got really excited by the athletic ability, in particular of a guy like Christian Watson. Um, Aaron Jones, you know, unfortunately has been injured and he's such a great player. He's a Pro Bowl caliber player. I don't know if he'll ever get his flowers in that department just because we split time with uh, with A.J. Dillon and doesn't quite have the numbers maybe to back up some of the top guys in the NFC. But he's a really real quality player. I think when you look at this team on the offensive side, at least from an execution standpoint, we just have guys running the wrong route. We have a quarterback that you know sometimes needs to see the player open and not anticipate at the level that we're used to. Our offensive line hasn't done a great job. Losing David Bakhtiari for the season has been huge, obviously. Um, really the best player on the football team for the last couple of years and not to be not to be out there and not only from a performance standpoint, but also as kind of a force multiplier and a confidence builder for everybody else, I think has been a really, really big loss for the Green Bay Packers uh, up front. And so you just have a bunch of different groups that are trying to figure it out um, in this compressed timeline that is forced by the CBA. And it, it's just been a real, uh, it's been a real new, I think, experience for a lot of these longtime Packer fans to watch. Is you mentioned just the youth and the the lack of well what you're used to. Have you seen growth at all from Jordan Love in these first in this first half of the season? You know, I think if you were going to ask Goody the same question, our Brian Goodikins, our general manager, um, I think he would say that he sees things like little things, but maybe not results. And so, obviously, in the first two games, Aaron Jones in the first game in particular is there. We're playing against the Chicago Bears. They're, they're a dumpster fire as well. So, he goes out and has some good numbers. He puts up some good numbers as far as quarterback ratings and things that don't really contextually matter to, like, a football team um, but are, are fun to talk about. So, we, we had those for a couple of weeks. And then it looks like he's regressed. But, I, you know, I think the reality is you start playing some, some teams that can mix up their coverages, disguise things, create a pass rush. And you're just seeing a guy who – uh, you know, really didn't he didn't play at Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia in in college, and he's getting his first snaps at, at the elite of the elite levels for one of the best you know teams and most storied franchises in the National Football League. And you know, is he making some is he making some you know better decisions at times? Absolutely, but there's also plays where you know he's making a good decision, but the receivers running the wrong route or not running the route at all. And then there's other times where our receivers are completely dialed in, have the pace of the route, have, have made the right decision on coverage, and he's late to the, to the party as far as kind of pre-snap anticipation or anticipation of route. So um, I, I think it's just not only him. I think missing those – I really think missing really talented, high-level, experienced players at key positions is hurting his development. And it's something that, again, they look at it from the standpoint of, we'll let these guys grow together and it'll be a wonderful thing in a couple of years, and it might very well be, but I think you're retarding the growth a little bit of a Jordan Love by not having a, you know, a, a, a driver of Freeman, a, a Devontae Adams, a Greg Jennings, a Jordan, and not having a guy like that in the building. Meanwhile, poor Devontae Adams out there in Las Vegas right now. All <laughs> right, I Jeez. know. Tell me about um, it. Well, looking at the things you're talking about here, the Rams coming in this game, they, a couple of weeks ago against the Steelers were really exposed. Their soft zone was really exposed, and Last week in Dallas took advantage of that. D- do you see this Green Bay offense as is right now being able to take advantage of the same problems that um, that both both Dallas and Pittsburgh are able to expose, which is that soft zone the Rams play with? 
Yeah, it's interesting. You watch, especially the Dallas game, they could really attack in two ways in the passing game. Uh, they played a lot of bunch and, and three-by-one formations, and they just attacked that single-man side. Uh, you had a lot of times where you'd run a single high and they'd rotate over to the, the three-man, or they'd go, they, even if when they went too high, they kind of, they kind of favored the three-man side, and that, that single receiver got open a ton. And, and the other thing is, you know, even when they were playing two-by-twos, the, the, the Cowboys were able to switch release and just find so much space because of that soft zone and the way they're trying to play leverage on the outside. You would think that there's an opportunity there. Um, but, again, it's, you know, it's, the Rams are kind of a, a similar team in the sense that, you know, you start out the game and it looks like they're going to have, you know, 25 sacks for the first time in the National Football League history, the way they start off the game against the Cowboys. And then they miss a holding call on the left guard on Aaron Donald. They get a first down to CeeDee Lamb, and it's like off to the races for the rest of the game. And momentum just changes that fast in the National Football League. And uh, I, ha I have a feeling that Aaron Donald and a couple of those young players, I really like the youth on the D-line and, and the way some of those guys are kind of showing up right now, Byron Young being one of those. Obviously, 97, Michael Hoyt losing a couple pounds is, is a little bit more mobile out there. Did some good things early in the game. I think they're going to be able to create some pressure on, on, on Jordan Love. But, yeah, you would think that soft zone that, that the Rams is playing – Ram excuse me, the Rams are playing and then being able to attack that, that single receiver on the three-by-one side, it just – it literally looks like an all-you-can-eat buffet out there. Yeah, that's, that's what we saw. And we called it, and we're like, oh, my gosh, the, you got – you got to change this, but in a lot of ways you can't because you don't have the personnel to change it. And so as I'm looking at this athletic group, young group that you have there, Christian Watson, so on and so forth, but young, I'm wondering, you know, given the things you mentioned, like route running, like that's what the Steelers did. They ran great routes against them, especially with George Pickens, and really just picked them apart, no pun intended. Um, and same thing with CeeDee Lamb. Do you have that guy who can run the routes necessary to just find all those holes in the soft zone? Yeah, that's a great question. I think we're still searching for that. Romeo Dobbs you know, kind of showed that a little bit earlier uh, last season. Then Reed coming in from Michigan State, being being a slot guy, we kind of figured that he's going to be able to get himself open. He's done this to a certain, uh, to a certain extent. Davis Wicks has come in as a rookie and, and, and put in some good reps as well. But, you know, the problem with it, it's like what the Rams do is is plays right into what the Packers want to do from a from the sense that the Packers have been really bad on the, on the long ball. Um, they're holding a little bit in the pocket, not seeing reads immediately, not, not making those pre-snap adjustments or pre-snap reads to get the ball out quick. Um, you see how often, you know, the flats open for the the Dallas Cowboys, the, the quick outs, the switch routes that, that end up in a, a seven-yard quick out. That's open all day. We just haven't run that. We're good at throwing, and we just haven't run it enough, it seems like. And the other thing is establishing the run game against this defense. I thought that I thought the Rams looked pretty good uh, uh, on the ground. Um, up front against the Dallas Cowboys. And we haven't really dominated uh, a team in the running game in the last month. So with the, you know, the last thing with a young quarterback you want to do is be one-dimensional. And if the Rams are able to shut down the running game and make us a one-dimensional team, I think really to play into the favor of when that soft zone all of a sudden starts making a lot of sense because we like throwing these, these deep passes that, really haven't been connecting anyways, and now you're putting them in a situation where that's exactly what the Rams want you to do. Now, flipping around to the, the Packers defense, Rams offense. I mean, the Rams are mm. possibly without Matt Stafford this weekend. The offensive line has been struggling pass protect. And, of course, our, our top running back is on the IR. There's a lot of issues going on with the Rams offense right now that weren't there, or at least not 
visually there a couple weeks ago. And and from our point of view, tell me if I'm wrong, the Packer defense overall, considering all the things going on with the offense, has played pretty well. How does this defense match up with this Rams offense to you? So our defense, you know, the defense is, listen, when you're three and five, when you're not a good team, it's, it's tough to say that anybody's playing well. They're, they're middle of the pack. I think the Rams are giving up 23 points a game. I think the Packers are giving up 21, something like, I mean, they're, you know, this isn't, we're not playing great. Um, the defense is really struggling against the run. We've had multiple games where we've given up over 200 yards on the ground. We did a much better job last week, but, you know, to be fair, that was the worst running team in football that we went up against. So I thought watching the Rams film that one thing that they did extremely well is they do a great job up the middle of their offensive line running double teams, especially when you get five or six in the box. The problem was, unfortunately, for the Rams, Royce Freeman does not know how to read a hole. And he, he left probably 30, 40 yards out on the field in the first half. Um, but those guys up front, I thought, were doing a pretty good job, all, all things considered. The Rams offense, obviously, running out of 11 personnel, all the different things they can do because the receivers are willing to block. Cooper Cup's one of the best in the league. This, this Puka Nakua kid is, is really fun to watch. I think uh, Higby's a, a good player. Hopkins did some good things last week. They run a lot of those deep crossers, deep in cuts. Um, that's something that's plagued the Green Bay Packers uh, for a number of years now under Joe Barry. And it's really going to be a question of can the Rams offensive line um, establish a running game? Can they can they hit the holes when they're supposed to? And then can they pass protect? Because, you know, whether it's Stafford or anyone else, you know, Stafford in particular, though, he's been known to hold the ball. He, he, he'll he take some sacks. And Rashawn Gary is just one of those real special players that is able to get after the quarterback, especially if you're going to play no boom at right tackle. And uh, Preston Smith's been having a really good year as well. So with the, the kind of routes the Rams like to run with their, you know, their, their, their 15, 20 yard dig routes, crossers, um, they'll throw crossers across to the far hash, far numbers. And so those things take time. Uh, if we can, if, excuse me, if the Rams can hold up, I think those plays probably find some success with the talent that you have at the receiver position. But again, that's a big if. Now I'm looking at all the intangibles Rams with their special teams really struggled last week, including missing mm. multiple, multiple, um, well, kickoff returns were awful. Punt returns were awful. Do the Packers have the personnel in the special teams game to take advantage of the Rams problems there? You know, we, we brought in Rich Versace after he, he led the, the Las Vegas Raiders to the playoffs as the interim head coach, um, a couple of years ago. And, you know, last season we were just really, I think we were bottom five for the majority of the season. And then Keyshawn Nixon started returning kickoffs. And all of a sudden we shot up to maybe, you know, 20, a little, little bit sub, sub average, but, you know, middle of the pack. And this year we just haven't gotten a lot out of the return game. Um, we, we don't, we're, I wouldn't say that we're an impactful deep, uh, special teams unit right now. And I think that's something that, especially with Versace coming in, Everybody is just assumed is going to be taken care of. So it, it looks, from the Packers' perspective, it looks like maybe a bigger organizational problem as far as how much time they're spending with that unit. Are we putting starters on that unit? Are we paying the attention it deserves? So I, I don't know. I can't sit here. I, I didn't study the Rams' special teams enough to tell you for sure. But I, I would tell you that the Green Bay Packers aren't going into any games thinking that their special teams is going to be an inherent advantage in the outcome of, uh, of the match. So how do you call at this point in time, given where both these teams are, how do you think this game plays out? 
I wish I knew. I wish you know if Stafford plays, it. I think that changes a lot of things. If Stafford's healthy and he can play, I think he's listed as day to day. Um, I just losing Rasul Douglas is going to be a real gut punch for this team. He was the locker room leader. He was probably our you know second best player on defense after Rashawn Gary. He's just been a guy that's tried to hold some of these younger kids accountable in the, in the secondary and and really been frustrated with some of the communication issues that have led to the big plays on the, in the secondary over the last couple of games. So I'll be interested to see how they react with him not being there. Um, certainly going up against what I think is, a, you know, an elite level receiving core with Cooper cup uh, and, and, and Puka. I think that if they can, if the Rams can hold up, they can put some points on the board and listen, here's the thing. I'm an offensive lineman and Aaron Donald's the best thing I've ever seen. And I don't care how old he is and, I, you know, who's around him. I'm always kind of thinking to myself, well, they got Aaron Donald, and that counts for something in my book. So I think they're going to be able to get after uh, Jordan Love a little bit. I really like the way that, that Byron Young is just moving around. I think his speed of play is fantastic. I really like the way the rookie uh, Kobe Turner played last week. Um so I think you guys, some guys up front that could give us some trouble. Our offensive line has been struggling a little bit. It just depends how they, you know, what matchups they're trying to exploit. But I think this is going to be, you know, another, unfortunately, 23 to 17, 20 to 18 kind of game. It's just going to be a eh, middle of the road game. I don't know if you're going to see an offensive explosion on either side, but I also don't think either defense is good enough to shut them down to, you know, seven or 10 points. So I think we're looking at, a, you know, a, a 40 point total. That's how I have it. Now, if, if, if by chance Stafford doesn't play, I think this game's completely different. Like you mentioned before, I agree. You, know, you know the 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 Rams right now, they're they're three and five now. They're probably one and seven without Stafford. I mean his play, especially early in the season, really made the difference. So, um, going going to Green Bay and the Rams just traditionally never play well in Green Bay as it is. Given the problems they have running back, so on and so forth, I, I look at this game. It, it really comes down to Stafford and, and how to see how this game plays out. At least from our point of view, uh, I'm I'm I am looking forward to seeing Jordan Love against this soft zone, just because it has it, it has opportunity for him and as a young quarter. But just a football fan, I want to see you want to see what kind of growth they can come out with it, and, and hope it doesn't grow too much on Sunday. But you do want to see someone succeed. It just yeah, and I think what's interesting right now is when when you get the the trade deadline and you lose a player like like Rasul, and everybody just feel, I mean this is a really unique feeling in the Green Bay. I don't the Green Bay Packers were four and twelve in two thousand five, I believe. They lost a ton of uh, veterans, and then they I think they drafted I think they drafted uh, Aaron the next year. But not since then, can I recall, in the last 30 years where they've had a season where you just feel like every game's a get-right game for the other team. You know, if the other team's struggling at something, it's like, well, they're coming into Green Bay or they're going to play the Packers, and if their running game's not working, they can get right in the running game. If their defense has been giving up points, they can get after this quarterback. You know, it's just been one of those seasons that's a little bit – it's a learning process, but it's also a learning process, I think, for – for uh, not only for the, the players on how to improve on the field, but also for the organization on how to deal with building a uh, a legacy program again without a Hall of Fame quarterback, and then obviously for the fan base trying to figure out how to live with not uh, not having excellence at that position. Okay, so one last thing here, just this is more of a football question for the future: If Jordan Love really doesn't 
grow to what you know to what the Packers need this year. What do you think the outlook is heading into 2024 in the draft and so on and so forth? I think well that's a, that's a question that would probably be based on on how that you know what what that exactly looks like. Like if he's the you know lowest rated dumpster fire in the National Football <laughs> League, it's probably a different answer. But I, I would say this: all these guys. Uh, Goody, all these guys grew up around Ron Wolf, and Ron Wolf wrote in his book that you never dump a first-round draft pick. Uh, you, you, you always give them a, a second and third chance because you don't want to admit you were wrong. I'm paraphrasing that, but it's something to that effect. So I would imagine that Jordan's leash is pretty long here, uh, certainly into 2024. And quite frankly, you know, everyone's really hard on him right now, and I, I, I know I sound like I'm down on him, but the truth is, you, you do have to expect the guy hasn't played. He's just because he's been in the building for three years, he hasn't been able to play. And he really doesn't have the experience talent around him that affords uh, a lot of other young quarterbacks. And so this is a growing process. They set this up to be you know, arguably the most difficult situation they could have, arming him with inexperienced talent instead of, instead of veteran leadership. So it's not that he's playing awful. It's just that he's got a lot of room to develop, as do the other skill position players. And he's doing it on a team that finds itself all of a sudden, you know, near the bottom of the NFC North when they're used to winning it. And, and Detroit, the Detroit Lions are looking like a, a juggernaut right now. And we just got beat by the Vikings. So you just kind of it's a very new position for everybody. But I do think that Jordan's got um, first of all, I think he's going to be a good quarterback in the National Football League. I'm just going to mm-hmm. take some time. And second, even if he, this year goes bad, I have to think that 2024 is not like a, a Caleb Williams draft pick or something like that. I think that they're going to give Jordan at least another year uh, to figure this thing out. All right. So, Mike, can you let people know where they can find your work? Sure. Yeah, you can find uh, – we do a video podcast uh, on my Block Packers podcast. It's on our Process to Perform channel on YouTube. Check that out. And then I'm on uh, Michael 60 on Twitter, Process to Perform on Instagram, doing a bunch of videos and, and little blurbs, clips, of uh, I do a lot of film analysis on, on not only the Packers but multiple teams. So if you like uh, film breakdown from players' perspective, go check it out. So yeah, I was curious. I saw this this process to perform. Can you can you clarify what that is? So process to perform is a company that that I used to uh, work with athletes. So I work with a number of athletes, professional athletes, uh, aspiring athletes, and and the process to perform uh, kind of overhang is we're really just trying to help these athletes find their ceiling. Um, for the aspiring athlete, it means specifically working on a technical mastery, mindset development, and ownership decisions, uh, which are decisions in the best interest of future you. And then with our professional athletes, we do a lot of uh, we, a lot of technical work, a lot of mindset development, also a lot of game planning, game review, uh, and, and, and opponent scouting. So uh, I do a, a bunch of different work with a bunch of different types of athletes all over the spectrum. Uh, we're talking you know, football, basketball, soccer, et cetera. So um, if, if you're in a confrontational sport, and you want to become you know, the best you can possibly be, uh, that's certainly the, the, the model that we're, we're striving for. All right. Well, that sounds awesome. And if you're an athlete, prospective athlete, looking for a little bit of help and guidance or maybe look them up. Mike, thank you so much for, for, for coming to the show today. I hope we speak again next season. If these two teams meet again or in the playoffs, hopefully both teams get things squared away and can make that happen because the Rams-Packers Rams, games are always fun to watch, almost always, unless it's a – it, Jeff Fisher era blowout, then it's not so fun. But you know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> thanks Fisher. again. Yeah, what, and, what, a, what an experience that was. <laughs> oh my gosh, not for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so the view here, I think Matt Stafford makes the difference overall. I agree to a large extent. I mean, do you really trust at this point Brett Rippon coming out there and and making this thing a big, you know, a, a game for the Rams? Given the Packers roster, there's stuff going on right now, maybe. But if you want to win, you need Matt Stafford play. Even though Matt Stafford hasn't been great the last couple of weeks, I want him out there. Hopefully he's out there. It, but I'm iffy. I'm iffy if you think this happens. If this happens, I, I don't know. Because it's if I'm Sean McVay, it's tempting. Just leave Stafford on the bench this Sunday. They ha- he'll have two weeks off to rest because of the bye week. And then all of a sudden, he can come back in three weeks, presumably healthy, or healthy enough to really do what he does. That's not Matt Stafford, though. Matt Stafford will run through a wall if he has to play. Will his thumb let him? Will he be able to throw a good spiral? We'll find out. Right now, the Rams going to Green Bay in November is not my, uh, it's not, it's not optimal. And because of that, I hate to do it, but I'm leaning towards Green Bay in this game. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Uh, but given the injury situation, given the uncertainty around quarterback, I, the Green Bay is just a, in a better position to win this football game. But there is an avenue for the Rams to win. Again, control the clock, control possession, uh, co- pressure on, on Jordan Love, and getting other people involved like your tight ends. And you can, if you can do that, the Rams got this. But it's going to be a tall order when you've got so many missing pieces, uh, especially the big missing piece, and that would be, of course, Matt Stafford. So there's our show today. I hope you have some good information in your hands. Uh, let us know what you think, and we'll see you on Sunday night for the postgame. Until next time, this is Derek C. Pollock. We're out of here. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.